just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. of the Next Level Guy Show podcast. Today's guest is Kyle Ingham. Kyle runs the great men's dress website that is still Man. The site is dedicated to teaching men the essential skills that every man should know but isn't always taught. He helps guys learn the basics of these skills and lets you start working towards living the life you want and to become a better man. But first, a quick word about our sponsors. Next Level Guy is in partnership with some awesome affiliate companies. To see the latest deals, special offers and listener exclusive offers, please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. In particular, I would highly recommend you check out Alpha Brain, which is made by those awesome people at onit.com. And for a 10% discount, simply enter Next Level Guy, that's Next Level Guy, at the checkout discount code section. Okay, so uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me, Kyle. Really appreciate it. Um, so if we were in a... Uh, left just now, 30 seconds between floors, and I asked what you did and who you were. What would you say? Uh, well, I think the, the short short story is that I help guys become better men. Um, that, uh, you know, as head of the, the distilled man, we're all about helping guys uh, get simple entry points and introductions to the essential things that guys need to know to live better, richer lives. And then did did we did we did we hit the next floor yet? Did I I was I don't know if I'm within my my time period. <laughs> Good. Um, but I think you know more specifically, I think it's it's focusing on those areas of life that that help guys feel more confident about you know those major spheres of their lives. So you know um, the social sphere, the the career sphere, and and it's sort of that family provider sphere as well. Um, so um, being able to not only have some technical skills. Um, things like, uh, or what you might call technical skills, like how to tie a tie, um, but also, you know, how to make a great cocktail or how to make, uh, you know, some food for your family, how to, how to grill, um, things like that. I mean, there's definitely something for everybody on the site, and I was really impressed with the range and the quality and the depth of things you looked at. Can you go into you. a little bit about your upbringing? You know, do you have siblings, what you want to be as a kid? How, how did you go from having a fight with a grill to running a very successful men's focus website. <laughs> Fight with the grill. That's a good way to put it. Um, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I don't think my upbringing was particularly notable, except for um, I didn't really have siblings. Um, it's, it's unique because I, I was raised as an only child, um, although later my mother remarried, and I do have a half-brother and half-sister who are, who are younger, um, and I have an older stepsister. So in some ways, I'm, I'm sort of the, the only child, middle child, and, uh, you know, all of the above, but I was essentially raised as an only child. And, um, I think, um, you know, I was interested in most things that, that kids were interested in sports, um, that sort of thing. Uh, I got interested in music later on, but, um, but you're right. The grill, the grilling incident or, you know, <laughs> happening was, was, was a key sort of moment in my life. Um, after I had sort of, you know, become an adult, moved to San Francisco here in California, started my career in advertising, um, I sort of had this, um, I had this, this uh, kind of awakening where all of a sudden at work, all I could focus on was grilling. It was like 
my biological grilling clock had gone off. And for about a week straight, all I could really think about was, you know, grilling uh, animal flesh for some reason. And, you know, I had done it before, just like most guys, um, you know, get a chance to grill when they're teenagers or whatever. Um, but the fact is, most of us don't actually really know what we're doing. And I think that was the realization that I had as an adult is that, look, I'm 30 years old and I don't really know how to grill. And isn't that something that I should know how to do because I'm a man? And so, you know, I, I jumped into it and I um, started learning from friends, got books, watched videos um, and started that journey. But as I was starting that journey, I realized that it was it was part of something bigger that, you know, this is a skill every guy is expected to know. You know, and a, as I learned that skill, I realized that there were so many other skills that every guy is just expected to know by virtue of being a man. You know, things like like I mentioned earlier, how to whip up a, a great cocktail, how to tie a tie. Um, and there's certain things that, you know, I realized that if you don't learn them from your dad or your big brother or your grandfather growing up, it's not like we really learn these things in school, you know. And how was um, your upbringing in terms of, did you feel you got the essential skills, the sort of things that a guy is expected to know, or was there a lot that did you feel was missing from your own life? Yeah, you know, I think um, part of the reason that I was so drawn to this is that I did feel like some of those classic skills were missing from my upbringing. Um, and certainly nothing, nothing against my father or my parents because they were always really supportive, yeah, you know, I think um, I actually had a you know a, a really good childhood childhood overall, and I think nothing against my parents, but I think by virtue of the time that I was raised and just kind of my own, I think my own father's upbringing, I think he felt like it wasn't something he wanted to do where he was kind of th- shoving skills down my throat. Um, he was very supportive of you know when I was going out for sports and and whatever other endeavors I tried to to get into, but I think. Um, you know, I, I, I suspect that his upbringing was very much like sort of that traditional upbringing where your father is sort of the, you know, telling you, you need to learn this. You've got to learn this. Here, son, let me show you this. And I think in some ways my father felt like he was a bit more enlightened, I guess, or 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 wanted to have a little bit more of a hands-off approach from that respect. That, again, he was supportive of things I was doing, but not saying, son, you've got to learn this or otherwise you're not a man, you know. Yeah, because that's the thing, though, is... Nowadays, we have this thing of, oh, you don't know how to change a tire, you're not a man. Oh, you don't right. play football right. or do right. this or do that, you know? Um, right. And so is that what, in your opinion, is it a stilled man? You know, is that somebody that knows all these kind of skills and can teach others? Or, you know, what? where did that name come from for your site? And if somebody's listening to this and is interested in this sort of thing, how, why should they check out your site? What can it offer to them? Right. Well, in in terms of, you know, the sort of overall mission, again, it's about helping guys become more refined, become more skilled and more sort of ready for life. Um, And the name was interesting because um, when I was first kind of focusing in on on making this into an actual business, um, I I had, you know, the idea of calling it something like man skills, something really generic or um, and I ended up bringing together some friends um, to do what I called uh, a manvisory board for my idea. So again, coming from, I used to work in advertising and, you know, as part of that, I was very used to sort of running workshops and kind of collaborating with, with, um, with people and sharing ideas. And so I thought, well, I'll bring together some guys in my life who I think would be helpful for help, you know, helping to kind of take this idea a little bit further. And so we brainstormed around all aspects of this, um, this business and this program. 
And it's funny, it's actually a couple of my friends who ended up coming up with the name The Distilled Man. And oddly enough, I think it took me a little bit of time to warm up to it. And, you know, just because I, I was so close to it all, um, I think I remember asking them, you know, everyone in the room said, oh, yeah, this is this is this is the this is the name. And I was I, I sort of clarified, well, OK, is this just the name that you hate the least or or do you actually think it's a good name? And um, no. And they said, oh, no, absolutely. This is a great name. And and of course, it has a lot of, you know, sort of layers to it. There's the you know, the aspect related to liquor, sort of sort of borrowing some equity there. But there's also that sense of refinement in terms of distillation. Um, so I think that definitely spoke to me um, once I really warmed up to the name. And, and now I love it. So, um, But in terms of what um, my site can offer, um, really, it's like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's helping to give guys that those simple entry points to those subjects that they need to, to master in order to, to live uh, fuller, richer lives as men. And so I, I think a big part of it is it's not only those sort of uh, t- tan, you know, um, tangible skills like how to tie a tie or how to make a drink, but I think um, a big part of that is actually um, the way that many of those skills become social bridges. And I think um, that 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 aspect of connection is such a big part, especially um, as you're becoming a man and as you're sort of um, developing your own life, being able to find things and activities to do, things to learn that will actually help you connect with other people um, a- as you're an adult. Because initially that's what I thought your site was about. Um, I found you through a couple of different sites, you know, these sort of post-GC 10 guy sites or masculine sites that you should check uh, out. Yeah. And when I seen the name, I thought, okay, this will be about liquor, bar skills. I thought, oh, okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> and that's when I knew you ran a very good site I was going down your homepage, right-clicking each of your articles into a new tab. I was like, oh, I want to read that. I want to read that. <laughs> Good. And it just got to a point where after about five minutes, I was going through page after page going, right, I need to interview this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, I overwhelmed you. I overwhelmed you with content then, basically. Well, you fill up my, my uh, Google Chrome, then I know that's the person I need to go. So, mission, mission accomplished. <laughs> So what are these essential skills? I mean, do you have a, like a standard list or is there, does it depend on the person, their upbringing, their culture, etc.? Well, I think there are, are certain realms that I, I feel like make uh, sort of um, represent major buckets. And, and those are some of the categories on my site. So, um, again, I do think that, you know, sort of that cocktail realm is important um, for guys to learn, not just because everyone should be able to make drinks that they can drink, but because there's so much more to it. Um, for me, um, and I actually just wrote a, an ebook about this um, that I'm about to launch, um, I talk about how cocktails are, are more than just about drinks. It's about something bigger. It's about, um, y- you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's the skills that you learn when you learn about cocktails um, help prepare you for, for life in ways that you wouldn't imagine. So that idea of being focused on the details, being able to be present in the moment, being able to take raw ingredients and being able to make something great out of it. But, but more than that also, like, like I said, is using cocktails as a way to connect with other people um, because it is a social uh, pursuit. Um, so cocktails, definitely one of the big pillar areas. Um, I think style and grooming is another area that I think is huge for guys um, because, you know, there's so much, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> 
And again, I think style and grooming um, is a huge area too, especially as you become an adult man, you realize that, you know, whether you like it or not, people do judge you by your appearance. And you can either choose to ignore that or you can choose to work with that idea and and hopefully leverage it to your advantage. Um, I think the other thing, too, is especially as someone who wasn't interested in style uh, before I started The Distilled Man, I've learned a lot um, just in terms of just in terms of researching it and and realizing that it's not about how you look. It's also about how you feel. So when you're taking time to actually dress your best dress and clothing that fits your body um, and, and groom yourself so that you're feeling more more confident, you you feel like a different man. You sort of walk taller. You just kind of assume that role of a more confident, more able man. Um, a few other areas again. Um, let's see, sort of motivation and productivity. So I'm you know I love reading about um, you know building habits um, or being inspired by um, you know quotes or, or, or motivations um, motivational language from other men. And I, I think that's something that in this day and age that a lot of young guys may forget is that we have to be conscious of learning from the men that came before us, especially great men, you know, who've accomplished a lot. So I think that's huge. Um, let's see what else. Um, so again, cocktails, uh, style and grooming, uh, motivation. Um, I think, you know, I have another bucket on my site that's really devoted to manly know-how. So there are certain things that, and while my site doesn't get into it as much as other sites, you know, like a site like Art of Manliness, for instance, I do think there are some things that, that men should learn that sort of harken back to the traditional uh, manly things like changing a tire or how to start a fire, um, things like that. Um, so, you know, not only do they make you feel more masculine and feel more confident, but they're actually useful skills, you know. Um, so I think... And I've set up the distilled man so that it can be sort of a menu for anyone who's coming to it. So whatever areas where they feel like they want to start learning more, they can delve into. Um, and again, the intent is, it has never been for uh, it, it to be a really in-depth uh, resource in any of those specific areas. Then the intent is to give you that simple entry point into any of those subjects so that if you do find an area that you want to learn more, that it can be a jumping off point for you. So help create momentum. Yeah, and that's what I liked about your site. You know, there was there wasn't that kind of ninety page email post. Or there was it was all just straightforward, helpful advice. And it's like you said, it's an entry into it. It was a beginner's sort of overview of it. Right. You know, you could bring and encourage others to sort of find out more about it. And it's interesting that you mentioned about um, you know learning from those who've gone um, before us. And um, that actually leads me into my next question. Um, how do you think the skills we learn now has changed in, from the time of our grandfathers and fathers? Because you mentioned earlier, you know, about the technical skills, whereas maybe before computers they didn't need to know about any of that sort of thing. Right. Is there a, do you see a standard remit of skills, or do they just change with the time, do you think? It's hard, you know, that's really hard to say, because I think we're kind of watching this unfold um, currently, Um you know, just in the last, you know, just in our lifetimes, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but um, I feel like, you know, you and I grew up when computers weren't necessarily as widespread as they are now, obviously. Um, now we have computers in our pockets. Um, and so I think um, I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing a lot of skill sets change, obviously. But I think one of the things that's been fun to watch is 
is um, you know this this crop of, of of guys who are maybe a little bit younger than I am, maybe maybe a little bit younger than you are, who have grown up where you know one of their primary means of interacting with the world actually has been through social media. And you know me, I didn't grow up with social media at all. You know I, I, when I grew up as a kid, I was talking to my friends on the phone. We would have phone calls, and you know the average man today, if you say hey, or the average young man, I should say the average millennial. If you were to say, hey, you should give him a call and talk to him on the phone, you know, he would just give you this look like, what are you talking about? Why would I do that? And so I think one of the fun things um, that I've seen happen uh, with people that I've interacted with on The Distilled Man and through other sites like mine is that ability for those, that younger generation to kind of rediscover uh, those more analog uh, interactions um, because, again – talking about on the phone is it's about connecting right and you're connecting with someone in on a different level than you are if you're just liking a post on facebook or you know forward you know reposting something on instagram um so it's been fun for me to see them kind of uh re re-engage with with that that um sort of different aspect of socializing with people and then not even to mention the sort of classic skills. So things, again, the things that I cover on my site, like making a classic cocktail or tying a tie um, or learning more about, you know, a meat or something, you know, learning how to go to a butcher and know what you're talking about when you talk to the butcher. I think it's fun for people to rediscover those skills. Um, And I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like, again, with the sort of, with computers becoming more and more common, um, and us becoming more connected theoretically, we've become more disconnected, right? Because so much of our world is virtual. And so I think there's this hunger in a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, to kind of reconnect with a simpler time in some ways. And and I feel like that's why, you know, we've seen this huge rise in like the DIY movement. People want to make their own pickles. You know, people want to, um, you know, build a, a a table out of a tree that they chop down themselves. There's something in that sort of tangible act that is really fulfilling for the soul that they're not getting through, you know, Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, I mean, that that's a very good point. Um, it's something I've grown to hate is the sort of, you know, the, the way that we have to live our lives online. You know, it's like people can now go a whole day without speaking to people. You can work from home. <laughs> order right. your Tesco delivery yep. uh, online. You can even shop for a partner online. It's uh, <laughs> That's right. You know, it, it's quite terrifying how we've become, like you said, we've built up this way to network, meet people and make the world a smaller place and we've actually you know, isolated ourselves by the use of this tool. Right. Or right. You get the flip side of it, people sending cat videos to everybody. <laughs> right. so, the one thing they don't do with their phone is actually call people so I'm right. guilty of it myself um, uh-huh. and so to so say somebody listening to this just now they're um, they want to uh, they never had a father figure you know um, and the skills that are passed down how can they make sure that they pass it on to like you know say their son or foster son or somebody that like an uncle figure or something like that, you know, how can we ensure that this doesn't happen for the next generation? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the areas that is really interests me a lot, and I, I don't feel like I'm an expert by any means, but is this, this area of mentorship. Um, 
And, you know, I've actually been talking to a lot of my other colleagues um, um, who also run men's blogs about this because it's such a fascinating topic. Um, And I do feel like young men are starting to recognize this idea that we need to find those mentors, those men who've been, you know, like I said earlier, who've been before, who've been there before, who've who've been through it, who've um, who've had the hands on experience. And I think um, I think that's something that that needs to come from sort of both both generations, uh, if you know what I mean, so that the the mentors, you, you know, at a certain age, you may recognize that you are in a position to be a mentor to that to that younger man or that even that younger woman and to be able to uh, to kind of lean into that. Um, and then on the, on the flip side that, you know, recognizing that if you're a younger man, finding that person who can, who can teach you something that you don't know about. And, um, I think that's, that's an area that's difficult for a lot of guys is, is to, um, cause you know, when we're growing up, we're sort of taught to be, or many of us are a little bit more guarded. We don't want to sort of admit that we don't know something that we want to be, we want to come across as more confident than maybe we really are because let's face it, when we're, when we're all growing up, we're all pretty insecure. Right. Um, but I think I still am. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think many of us, you know, still struggle with insecurity on some level. And there's that element of fronting where you, you don't want to admit that you're not a hundred percent confident that you're not the man. Um, and so I actually see that as a huge strength when someone can say, when they raise their hand and they say, I don't understand or, or I want to learn more about that. I don't know enough. And, and then taking it a step further in approaching, uh, someone who's a little bit wiser, maybe a little bit older, usually who's been there before and who can teach them. Um, so I think, um, I mean, we could get into the, the individual skills in terms of passing them on, but I think the biggest, uh, the biggest, more important thing is, is being able to lean into that that mentorship relationship and to seek it out from both sides. And is the, would you have a set criteria for these kind of people, or because something we all struggle with, like as we get older, is you know keeping in touch with friends and making new friends, especially guys. So how can somebody say if you go to a new city or you, you don't have the father figure, you don't have many friends in your life? How can we start finding these mentors? Is it just by social clubs or is there something else that we can do? Well, you know, you know Eric I, Davis said it was a band of brothers. I mean, do you feel friends are that important to this sort of thing or? Yeah, well, you know, it's so funny because the male friendship topic, I think we could we could also talk for hours about. And that, I think that's another fascinating one. Um, so in, I almost kind of want to split those out a little bit so that, you know, if you're making friends and you're looking for for peers, um, I actually wrote a, an article about this. If you Google male friendship 101, I think it's one of the top articles on Google. Um, and I think in a nutshell, you know, one of the best strategies for that, if you move to a new city, you want to make friends is to, and it sounds cliched, but is to focus on your own interests. So I think one of the things that happens a lot that actually backfires is um, much like when you're looking for, like if you want to have a girlfriend or you're looking for a wife, if you, if it comes across too strongly that that's what you're after, um, I like I really need a friend. I really need friendship. Um, a lot of times you can scare other guys off, especially if you are new to the city, uh, new to a city, and you're essentially on the prowl for friendship. Um, if you're a little bit too needy off the bat, I think that can backfire on you. So one of the best things is really to to focus on 
making friendship kind of that secondary goal, um, where the primary goal is actually to just dive into something that you're interested in. So, for example, if you move to a new city, um, maybe you're interested in, I don't know, woodworking or, or motorbikes or it uh, could be anything, but you find an interest group uh, where they're doing that already. And the nice thing about this is that you can dive into it and you can focus on your pure love for whatever that subject is. And, you know, that's good because you enjoy it just on a surface level. But the second part that's great about that is that it also makes you just more yourself. Like when you're doing whatever that thing is that you love, um, like for me, actually, I, I joined a, a hiking and beer club uh, here in, where I live because I looked at the, the group name and I thought, well, those are two things that I like. Um, you know, they're two wonderful things. And so, you know, um, but the nice thing about that is, so when you're doing what you love, you're more relaxed and you're probably more likely to be yourself. So you're more likely to attract people who are maybe have similar interests to you or similar. Um, well, obviously they have similar interests if they're at that same group, but maybe more likely to have a similar sense of humor or outlook, which I think often is is kind of can be the basis for a, a great connection. Um, so that's the friendship part. I mean, in terms of the, I mean, do you mind if I kind of delve into the mentorship part a little no, bit more no, too? So again, I do see those as connected, but, but separate in some ways. And um, as I've started to learn more about mentorship, again, I feel like my journey is just beginning learning about this topic. But one of the big things that I've heard um, from talking to other men about this topic, um, particularly, uh, Ryan Mickler from Order of Man, uh, I spoke to him about it. And one of the things that he said that I thought was great is that when you're looking for a mentor, what you want to do, um, and it, again, it sounds so obvious when you say it, but um, you may not think about it, is when you're looking for a mentor, find someone who's achieving the results that you want. And that's going to be, you know, the right mentor for you. Because, you know, it's good to have a sounding board, whoever they are, but if someone is not achieving the results that you want, you know, you may have to take their grain of, their advice with the grain of salt, right? You, which is the same reason that you wouldn't talk to a financial planner who's bankrupt, right? Or, or you know, um, I think that's one of the best bases for, for finding a mentor, just finding someone who's achieving the results that you want to achieve and then finding a way to build a relationship with them. And when you were learning, did you look for a mentor as such, or did you just go and like Google it and read books and things like that? Or, you know, do you still have mentors in your own life now, or do you feel you're kind of developing the skill base that you need? Oh, you know, I I, um, I don't have a formal mentor or formal mentors right now, but there are a few folks, especially in this um, sort of online space, who have grown to be very supportive of me and we have sort of informal relationship, uh, mentor relationships. Um, and I continue to, to lean on them when I need to, uh, to learn. And I hope that in it, at least until I'm like 80 or 90 years old, that I always have, um, those types of relationships where I'm still trying to, to be the mentee where, you know, I, and that's another kind of big thing for me is I really believe that, your, your, you know, lifelong learning is one of the best pursuits that, you know, you should never say that you're done learning, even if you're 80 or 90. Um, it just may be tough to find someone older than you at that point to be your <laughs> mentor, but otherwise you should still be learning, you know? So for, I guess the long answer to your short question is, um, 
I don't have a formal mentor, but I do have some 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 gentlemen who have been really great in terms of um, mentoring me in an informal way. Yeah, I mean Ryan's site's amazing. Um, it is. Uh, a, a chap that you mentioned Ryan there, because I was thinking I've got him coming up on the podcast. In, oh, great! Uh, I think a couple of months, and I was like, "Yep, another another tick in the box for him." Yeah. So, I mean, do you get do you find that there's the standard questions that you get from guys who don't know where to reach out and you know kind of find your site? Is there a kind of a standard? areas of things that they're asking for advice on or you know how can they do this or that yeah um there are a few sort of more common questions that i get um and you know one of the big areas is um style and dressing well which is funny always kind of makes me laugh a little bit because like i said i I never considered uh, style to be necessarily squarely in my wheelhouse but it's something that i've learned about in the process um, of of building the distilled man because it is so important. Um, so that's a huge one is, um, you know, how do I dress better? How do I uh, dress more confidently, more maturely at work so that I can be perceived a certain way? Um, that's a big one. You know, the other obvious one is, is how can I be more successful with, you know, this one girl that I want to, to, to know or want to date? Um, so, um, how can I, you know, build a stronger relationship with her? How can I ask her out? And a lot of times they're being held back, um, n- you know, not taking action, not actually asking the woman out because of their own insecurity. Again, coming back to insecurity. Um, those are two big ones. And then the other one that was sort of s- a little bit surprising, I guess, I-, I did a sort of survey to my audience at the beginning of the year, or end of last year, just kind of asking them about their challenges, you know, because it's always really good for me to check in and, and see what people really want to know about, really want to learn about. And one of the areas that came up that I wasn't really expecting is there was this common thread, um, and it's hard because it's not super tangible, but I can see how it would be a big area, is this idea of kind of staying, I'm not even sure I can articulate it, I think it's like, sort of like staying focused and motivated, um, so there were a lot of men who answered, yeah, I just would like to be able to, to have that drive to stay motivated to do what I need to do. And I guess it makes a lot of sense, uh, you know, just again, we, you know, we talked about, you know, social media and the changing times and how there's more choices now than ever, essentially. So in some ways, I think a lot of guys are feeling a little bit paralyzed, um, with all the choices in terms of, you know, uh, things they could be doing at any minute. Um, there's always some distraction coming up with social media notification. Um, and meanwhile, they're trying to think about their larger life goals, maybe, and recognizing that, you know, in many cases, they're probably stuck in a job that they hate. Maybe they're even stuck in a relationship that they hate. And they just feel like what they're lacking is this fundamental um, fundamental ability to sort of focus and motivate towards a goal. Yeah, I mean, that's a brilliant answer. It answers so many other questions I ask yeah. as well. But, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned style. I mean, one of the people I really struggled with that when girlfriends started mentioning I needed to upgrade my style for work and, oh. you know, just to stop looking like a piece of, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you didn't look like a piece of... <laughs> well, I mean, I went. To, I interviewed Megan Collins. You know, oh yeah, style girlfriend too. You've I know. Me, I know. Megan. I've interviewed Megan too, actually. And she, I mean, I found her on your site, and I was like, oh yeah. Um, 
And it's just that moment of there's so much choice. And when you first get into it, you know, you get that initiative of kind of, oh, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy this and learn about these things. Yeah. And you end up, you know, getting paralysis by analysis. There's so much you could possibly learn. Um, how can somebody avoid that, you know, burning out, losing the motivation? Because that's a big thing I struggled with for a while as well, is how do you keep going to, uh, past the initial interest to making it, you know, something you you want to continue with? So specifically, just making in general, or, or I'm not so, sure. So, you know, how can you keep that motivation going to just become better, to learn skills? You know, how, what, yeah. what did you find when you looked into this motivation area? Well, you know, again, and it's something I'm still looking into, but I think um, one of the things that I sort of keep coming back to is that um, you you have to recognize that being inspired and being motivated is not not kind of a one and done thing. Um, you don't just you know read one inspiring book and then you're good for you know two years and you're you've kind of created that initial spark and you can live off that spark. I think it is um, really important to recognize that you need um, kind of a daily, not daily, maybe weekly, you need regular re-inspiration. And that doesn't necessarily mean jumping into something new, but I think there's a couple couple ways that you can do this. Um, And this is what I do in my life is that, again, trying to find those um, maybe mentors, whether it's someone you meet personally or whether it's an author, like, you know, like Tim Ferriss, and is obviously a really motivating person, I just finished um, Tools of Tools of Titans, really amazing book. Um, having resources like that to give yourself on a regular basis is huge. But I think the other huge, huge thing, and I'm realizing that it's it's almost like the secret sauce in some ways, is to really focus on who you surround yourself with. Um, and I'm sure that you've probably learned about this quite a bit too. You know, reaching out to all the great guests that you you've gotten on your show, it's you know, who you can, who you connect with, um, who you surround yourself with. Um, I'm sure you've heard that, that quote. Um, I I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was Jim Rohn, uh, that, you know, you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with, something like that. And, you know, whether it's the five people or the four people or the six people, I'm not sure, but there's definitely some truth to that, that, um, to to stay motivated and stay inspired, I think you need to surround yourself with people who are going to, um, in short, support your dreams, you know, support your lofty goals, your crazy ambition. And um, that's one thing that I feel really fortunate, you know, having connected with um, sort of a community of other online entrepreneurs, you know, like Ryan Mickler um, and, and, and that, that whole circle. Uh, I feel really fortunate to have that support and to be surrounding myself with guys who, who are going to be supportive of my ambitions. Yeah, I love that quote as well. And there's that one. There's variations of it. You know, if um, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. If right. You're the smartest person in the gym, you're in. Yes. The yes. You want to be with people who are going to push and motivate and inspire, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, so for those guys listening, and unfortunately, I found myself in this situation a few years back. Um, when you're surrounded by people who, you know, it's like that crab analogy. <laughs> if you see you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket they'll pull each other back down rather than like try escape as well oh how, how can you get past like dealing with the haters and the guys who don't want you to improve and you know the guys say you know if, say if you're surrounded by well but it, not very helpful people shall we say 
you know, not decent spiding people. Yeah. Is it a case of move past, or can you bring others up with you, or, you know, is there, what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe got friends with negative intent? I would say just punch them in the face. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think, uh, I think that's, a, that's a great question, because you're right, you can't just, you know, it's not so easy to just wipe your friends clean and say, okay, I'm only going to have friends who support me, right? You've got people in your life. Um, but I think what needs to happen is that you do need to be more conscious of it and um, you need to be conscious of your interactions with those people. If you if you decide that you are going to have them still in your life um, and it may just be that you need to recognize, be really mindful of the fact that when you hang out with them that that you don't let that negative energy dr- drag you down. Um, you know, in, in a lot of cases, it is actually um, it's very subtle which is a bad thing so that it may not be that they're actually haters, you know, especially if you're, if you're talking about a friend who's maybe, you know, listening to you talk about your, you know, next level guy show and they're just sort of nodding their head, but they're not asking any questions about it and they're not, they're not getting excited about it. I think that's almost the more subtle aspect of it is when they're not supportive, but it's not obvious that they're not supportive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely something that it's, you know, it's not the people who outright say attack you. It's the ones who don't really have your back in private. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but it's funny, though, because you brought up the haters, and I actually think I'm starting to recognize that the haters are, are great in some ways. Uh, and this usually isn't your personal friend, but I'll tell you, now that you know I have a YouTube channel, um, I think YouTube is one of the worst places where some of the comments on YouTube, just people just troll YouTube to be mean and troll YouTube to be jackasses, basically. But what I've started... Our side of life on there, yeah. It, exactly, and it's just people who are hiding behind a computer, and, you know, their their um, their uh, handle is never their real name. It's always like, you know, Mojo47 or something. It's, it's they're not, they don't want to show, show who, they, who they really are. But what I've learned, and, you know, learned from people like, you know, Aaron Marino, for instance, who has a huge YouTube following, is that, you know, when, once you have haters, that's actually a sign that you're succeeding on some level because, you know, you're getting enough, obviously getting enough traffic that you're bringing, you know, drawing these people in to come and poo on the party. But I've started to realize that, you know, the, the, those comments never have anything to do with me. It's, it's really based on their own insecurities, um, their own sort of lack of vision and creativity. And, and while I never respond and, and actually say it, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, show me your channel. You know, why don't you show me what you've done? And is this really your way of contributing, um, you know, constructively to society? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so I think the haters in some ways, you know, I've recognized are a sign that maybe you're doing something right. And it gives you that motivation, doesn't it? Can I go in? What's it? There's a saying that it's that's when you know you're succeeding. It's when people start try to bring you down again exactly yeah so there's a quote about that saying uh, it's the successful man brings somebody up you know you should build people up rather than try to knock them down or i can't remember the exact quote there is a quote like that too yeah and is that i mean what do you define as somebody who's successful do you see i mean when i first started this website i looked at you know guys great guys from films and uh, you know the entertainment world who I could write about, like how they were doing good things and how we could be more like them. 
do you look at like I say a film character, a TV character, and say that's a great example of the distilled man? Is there such a thing? Ah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's tough. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm not sure I can answer that. I mean, I think there are aspects of. Um, I guess the thing is that most film characters, if it's a good production, if it's a good film, if it's well written, there's going to be some multidimensionality to that character. So I think one example that comes to mind immediately is someone like Don Draper from Mad Men, right? You've you've watched Mad Men, right? Yeah, good choice. Um, so well, apart from the adultery. But. Well, exactly, and so that's exactly my point. Is that so? That's an example that comes to mind for me where. Um, I guess to step back, I, I'm not sure that there's any one character where I feel like, you know, with all that, all, with all that their character includes, I'm not sure that there's one character who sums up what it is to be a great man. You look at someone like Don Draper and you have sort of the, the kind of superficial elements of kind of that coolness of a man that I think are attractive to many people. You know, that sort of confidence, that sort of... Uh, uh, you know, ability to to command a room, that, that that sort of thing. You know, order a perfect cocktail, but at the same time, like you mentioned, um, you know, his his ethics were a little bit lacking, right? He was a uh, a complete slut, from for lack of a better term, and and in and that element, I I didn't respect too much, you know. So I think it's 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 tough. Um, it's it's hard to say if there's one particular character. I think for me though, um, you know, just stepping back in a broader picture. Someone is the people that I respect are people who are one are people who are not afraid to kind of go after the life that they want, and two people that that treat people well, because um, that's one thing that I've learned as I've uh, started learning more about etiquette. For instance, is that you know a lot of people think about etiquette as you know being well behaved and like putting your keeping your napkin on your lap you know during dinner um, and things like that, but really. You know, I, I had a chance to interview a couple of etiquette consultants, and the thing that really stuck with me from talking with them is that at its core, etiquette is about being mindful of other people. And the whole purpose of etiquette, um, you know, the whole purpose of having these sort of established rules of interaction are to make people feel more comfortable. And so, um, to me, I think that's that, that that's a huge thing because I think it just shows that. I guess on a basic level, it shows empathy that you're thinking about other people. So I, I always respect that. That's a great way of looking at life. And yeah, I mean, too often we have this thing of you're not success, you're not a successful guy if you're not shagging around, you're not drinking <laughs> out every night. You know, what I mean, it's if you're not a player, it's, there's these kind of juvenile, right. immature things that guys, unfortunately, are kind of forced. You know, like the lad Bible and all these things. We kind of Society, has, unfortunately, makes stupid people famous. Right, you know, people right. People who you don't want as your role models for the younger generation. Right. Um, and is there a way that somebody can decipher what's a good skill to learn? You know, how do they know where to start? Say if somebody's listening, wants to improve their life, and start learning these kind of skills, but has no idea what to focus on first. How would you work with a client? You know, how would you start them better in their life? Is it things like meditation, you know, sorting their flat out, for instance, or do they start looking at the more fundamental stuff? Yeah, that's a great question um, and, and, a, and a sort of a tough one to answer, but I will say that, um, you know, my free ebook that I've had for a couple of years now um, kind of tackles that in some ways, and it's called The 48-Hour Gentleman, 
uh, your one weekend plan to more confidence, poise, and manly know-how? Because I, I think that I was sort of thinking around that same angle. Like, where do you start? Um, if you want to become a better man, what are some foundational things that um, are are big things, but are also small in terms of that next step? And so um, I don't know if I can remember all of them. There's nine things uh, that I recommend doing over the course of one weekend and uh, no particular order. I think, you know, one of the big things is um, is starting to, to focus on on your appearance, um, but more specifically to go get a shirt tailored. And it sounds funny, but, um, you know, again, I wasn't a big style guy, but I had this experience a couple of years ago where I got my shirt tailored all of a sudden. Um, I'd never done it before, but I had this shirt after getting tailored that it fit my body so well. And it made me realize that all along I've been wearing clothes that didn't fit my body. And so by doing that simple act um, and starting to dress a little bit more mindfully with clothes that actually fit your body, it can suddenly improve um, the way you, not only the way you look, but the way you feel. Um, So that was one thing that I recommend. And I think sort of related to that is starting to think about your posture. Again, silly, small thing, but starting to be more mindful about the way that you stand, the way that you carry yourself. Um, again, not only changes the way that you look, but also changes the way that you feel. Um, and there's, you know, lots of scientific data to sort of back that up. Um, and it's amazing. You know, we talked earlier about that sort of, uh, for, 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 for good or for bad, people judge you based on first impressions. And, you know, depending on who you talk to, it's first three seconds, first five seconds. I don't know. But, you know, things like wearing clothes that fit your body and things like the way that you're the way that you stand, if you're standing up straight, if you're, you know, you've got your sort of your chest kind of sticking up straight, sticking out and you actually look like a confident man, then that will that that carries through in the interaction with the other person. Um, So and then I think I'll just mention one one other one from the book that I think is helpful. I think uh, and it's a little more broad, but doing something that scares you. And um, this has become even more of a barometer for me recently in the last couple of months is, you know, recognizing that when you do something and it could be anything, it could just be walking up to someone and, and talking to them. You've never spoken with them before. You know, it could be asking a woman out um, or it could be something at work. Maybe it's asking your boss to take on more responsibility, uh, maybe having a conversation about um, salary that you you weren't comfortable initiating before. But I think a great thing happens when you are able to sort of live on the edge like that, where you're doing things that scare you a little bit, is that, you know, whether you crash and burn, you know, when you ask that woman out or whether you succeed, there's this rush that happens. Uh, And I'm sure you can relate to that, but you feel more alive. And the best part is that, you know, the more that you do that, the easier it is to do. Um, and, And so... I mentioned that this has become even more uh, relevant to me in the last few months. One of the things that I um, uh, heard from another gentleman, Ryan Masters, um, who's got a, his own channel called Sparta Strength, he's got this thing called the fear barometer. And essentially what it is 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 to uh, make your decisions about what you want to do based on what scares you. And so the more something scares you, uh, the more likely it is that you need to do it. And I think Tim Ferriss actually has a quote about this. I think it's like, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Um, oh shoot, I can't remember. But it's essentially, 
oh, the things that we fear most are the things that we most need to do. So I think that that would be a huge, huge recommendation. That, that, that's a fantastic answer. I mean, um, Brian's another person I've looked at trying to get onto the show, and it's it's that moment that it's like there's so much to pick and choose. It's yeah. hard to know where to go from. You yeah. Know, I mean, I've downloaded a copy of your ebook, and it, it, it's a joy to read. Oh, thank and you. It's, it's one of those things that when you read these things, you know, they say, you must do this, 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 this. Yeah. And guys go, how the hell do I do that? Yeah. Your, your approach is, you know, here's a small chunk of time. Right. Here's some basic stuff. And then it'll get you, you know, and it's that, um, what is it, motion causing Momentum, yeah. Motion. You create momentum. Exactly. So just getting started is the hardest part. Once you get going, it's like pushing a car. The hardest part you, is yeah. getting it going. You're absolutely right. And I actually began the ebook with a quote from, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce it right, but I think it's Lao, Lao Tzu. Um, and the quote, it's still a great one, is the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And to me, that just, that was kind of the, 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 the sort of, in a nutshell, that's what that book is about for me. Um, and it's speaking to what you were saying. It's like, you can get overwhelmed with all the things you, you really, quote unquote, need to do. But the reality is, all you need to do is take that first step, and you can create momentum in your life. And is that how somebody can start developing the mental strength to change and to keep going, do you think? Is it just that small goal, that first few small things, and gradually building from there? Absolutely. Or is there another way? Well, I I think in general, um, creating that habit of action is huge. Um, And... uh, if you talk to, you know, and, and and you do with all the successful people that you, you interview, I'm sure that theme comes up a lot is that, you know, it's, it's about taking action. Um, and I feel like there's another, there's so many quotes, so many great quotes that we could talk about, Ian. Um, but, uh, I think that's what used to annoy me was, you know, I was struggling to take action. Yeah. Everybody kept saying, no, take action, get going, you make, start today. And I was like, mm. yeah. But you hear it so often that eventually you realize the importance of just taking that first step and going for it. It's totally true. Because well, the thing is, you you know, and I'm sure that you've learned things along the way with your podcast, and you've you've learned things, you know, by doing your podcast that someone who's just been sitting on the sidelines preparing forever never would have learned. Um, and that's the thing is, I I, and I'm sure that you you, you have this too, where you'll be talking to someone who. Um, Actually, for me, it's a, I talk to a lot of people who want to write. They're like, oh, I'd really like to write something. I'd really like to start a blog or do this or whatever. And I say, okay, well, start writing. And there's always some excuse. Like, well, I need, it's not the right time. I just, you know, I need to do this first. I need to learn more here. And no, you just need to start. And, you know, as I'm sure you can agree with, once you start and once you produce something or, or take that initial, uh, make that initial effort, you learn al- along the way for better or worse. And yes, you fall flat on your face sometimes. Not, not you in particular, Ian. I, I do too. <laughs> oh, I've done that quite a few times. But, you know, yeah, so yes, you fail. But of course, you learn from those failures. And it's always those lessons that like, I feel with my odyssey with a distilled man i've made so many mistakes but i've also tried really hard to learn from those mistakes along the way yeah because you only fail when you don't learn from it 
know. Right. Um, I mean, I, I could literally talk to you for hours. Um, you, we sound so alike. <laughs> Absolutely. We're coming up to about an hour. Are you okay for time for a few more? Oh, yeah. To, uh, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah super. Um, so, can you, you were talking there about, you know, starting small and building up. Have you heard from any readers on any particularly sort of amazing transformations, or have have you seen something in action of you know advice that you've given a talk or an ebook, etc.? Oh wow, um, that's a good question. Because um, you must get some amazing responses. You know, I've seen some of the comments and some of your stuff, and they're you know you must be changing lives. Do you hear from people, or are they just too busy with? I do. I do hear from people, and I do I do get those emails from from readers, and I'm trying to think of one specific one. I feel like a lot of the the um, the feedback that I get it's it's um it's actually wonderful, but it's it's not one person who said you've completely changed my life. Now my life is completely different. It's always those sort of incremental improvements um, that I think are great. So it's like somebody will say, well, I I really now that I read your article, I've really started dressing better at work, even though before I was worried because all my coworkers dress like slobs. And now I'm so glad that I did because, um, because I write about this, that, you know, when you start dressing better, for instance, um, even if your friends make fun of you, your coworkers make fun of you at first, they'll end up being the ones who are asking you for advice. Um, you know, a couple weeks later, they'll say, well, actually, how can I dress better like you? <laughs> um, and so I hear a lot of stories like that, or, um, let's see what else. Um, you see that in the group mentality, though. It's like, you know, they'll ridicule you in the group because they're afraid of standing out. Right. Because, you know, it's like you're improving your dress, so suddenly you're the the albino gazelle. You know, you're the uh, target. Right. right, yes. The second they're alone, when they can be more insecure, they're willing to chat and ask about it. It's quite strange how we became masculine men, but we can't talk about our, real in, our, our own feelings, you know, we fake who we are, right? Rather than because I was seen as strange when I started a podcast. Really, uh, it's you know people seen self development and what to speak and what to prove and learn these things and not go out to the pub every five minutes. Uh, right, I was seen as strange, you know, and that's why I love the fact. That's why I like speaking to the like yourself. But you know, it's so inspiring. To meet other people who are into it sort of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's so funny, and you, I'm sure you got the thing too of like, well, who are you to to talk about next level guy? Because I certainly get challenged on that too. It's you know, it's I'm not ever saying that I'm the be all end all of. Um, that's why also if someone asks me, are you the distilled man? I will say absolutely not. I'm not. That's you know, that's my brand. Yes, but um, I am not the distilled man. Um, well, that's why I like this site. I've always done it from the point of view of I want to learn more about this and you know get get to the next level. Yes. Of being able to do this. Yep. You know, next level of playing football or right. you know, like going and speaking to a girl. There's so many things I don't have a clue, so I thought I'll interview the experts. I've never said I was ever the expert. I've always done it as a point of I'm the guy who wants to learn. Yeah. And this is why I come to guys who are doing the things I want to do, you know. Um I mean do you think you could ever be complete? 
Is there ever a fully distilled mug? <laughs> I, I hate myself for asking that. <laughs> so I, does that mean I get to, to ask, is there ever, really, ever a fully next level kind? <laughs> no, because um, no, there's always a next level you can get to. Yeah, ex- <laughs> see, exactly. So you're, you're the, answer, the, the, uh, the name of your podcast answers the question in some ways. But um, no, like I said earlier, I think um, one of the things that I personally really appreciate is that idea of lifelong learning. Um, from a selfish perspective, I, you know, I'm just one of those people who thrives on learning. So I recognize that when I'm learning, I'm kind of at my most, uh, at my most excited, engaged, uh, energetic. Um, and, and obviously you, there's, I'm sure there's research that will validate that, you know, continuing to learn over the course of your life helps, you know, continue to create like synapse, synaptic connections or whatever, that it's good for you physiologically to keep learning. But, um, I do think that, you know, as a man, you should aspire to be learning up until the point that you, you know, uh, depart this world. Um, I think that's the best way to live. Because yeah, there's something, a fellow uh, TV show, and they're saying, you're never complete. You can always learn. You can always get better. Yes. I'm trying to think what it is. I know I'll, I'll come off them from this recording, and I'll first thing I'll remember. <laughs> You'll remember it. <laughs> Um, but I mean, see if somebody's listening just now. Um, anybody listening is going to be jazzed up. They're going to be super excited and desperate to check out your stuff. <laughs> um, most people will probably be, uh, you know, put it onto their phones or their computer as they're listening. What do you want people to check out? You know, is there three things that you're, you know, what are you most proud of on your site, or what do you want people to go to and focus on? Yeah, I, I think the easiest thing is probably to to start with. With downloading that um, the forty eight hour gentleman ebook, I think it was really designed as as a starting point um, for someone who wants to start that journey of becoming a better man. So I think that's a great place to go, and you can just go to, directly to my homepage at thedistilledman.com to get that. You've got the start here, but exactly. like asking, what are you more proud of? There's usually an article. Like yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the other another, and I will point out one article that I think that I am actually particularly proud of. Um, and I sort of mentioned it earlier, but um, the the article about male friendship, and and that's and that's also on the homepage too, just on the right hand side and under popular posts, um, or again you can Google probably male friendship 101 and it will probably come up as one of the top listings. Um, but for it's me, one of the you written because I struggle. I'm actually struggling. I've moved to a new city and I'm ah, yeah. making friends, and that was one of the reasons I actually wanted to speak to you was ah, yeah. if, if you if like you were seen what the problems I was having ah. right for me as a you know I mean it's, yeah. you have that connection with somebody who's running a website oh, yeah. because they're dealing with the things you want to change in yourself yeah I, and just I think that topic in particular is just so important for for men because I mean we didn't really you know we didn't really get into it in our discussion but there's there's that kind of that that or maybe we did a little bit but there's that sort of macho uh you know not wanting to be vulnerable around other guys aspect. And one of the things that guys are so afraid of sometimes is just to admit that they need friendship and admit that you need connection. And, um, you know, I, I just recently moved to a, a new city about a year, year and a half ago, and I'm still settling in and, and I'm realizing that, you know, at my age and in this stage of life, I need to just get in the driver's seat a little bit more and, um, you know, raise my hand and say, hey, I want to connect with you. I want to, you know, not be afraid to, to, you know, kind of take that initiative and, and, and ask some guy to hang out. 
you know, and I think that that terrifies some guys. Um, and that's why I think it's so important. Well, that's what you find guys struggle with. You know, they go, oh, I, I can't come out and just say, all right, I'm just, you know, I'm needing to make some new friends. Yeah. I like doing this. Let's go. We think we have to be the cool guy, the, right. you know, the most fun guy in the room. And usually they're the ones who, the saddest, you know, the ones who need that attention, who need that focus, you know, that right. don't want to be like them. They're the unhappiest people. Right. Um, well, and being, being like you said, yeah, being aloof, um, you know, there's no, even though people may think that that makes them look cool, ultimately, you know, if you become too aloof, you're alone. And I think most of us don't want to be alone. We want to be connected to, 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 to other guys we want to hang out with. And I mean, that's one of the most fundamental things we need in life is companionship. You know, it goes back to back in the days of the cavemen thing. Um, you know, it's one of the reckon it's where rejection from asking a girl out comes from. Right. You know, right. We fear that because back in the days, if you got rejected in the tribes, you, there was nowhere to get to the next tribe, so you died. You know, and you didn't pass on your genes. Right. Right. You built up this rejection kind of belief or fear of it, shall we say? Well, um, it's funny that you funny that you bring that up too, because I just I want to say one more thing about that that male friendship topic is that. As I was writing that article, I started to realize, or afterwards, that so many of those tips for making friends with other guys actually were great for for meeting women as well, um, and not in the sort of predatory sense of you know the pickup scene, but more just like some of the fundamentals of putting yourself out there, um, you know, initiating contact, those sorts of things were fundamentals that will actually help you meet um, potential love interests too. Because it's the same sort of thing. Isn't it? it is, yeah. Making yourself attractive to new friends, making yourself attractive to. Fair enough, it's different end goals, right. hopefully, but um, not that there's anything wrong either way. <laughs> no. I just realised how that sounded. <laughs> like, back, back up, back up. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. So, this is my favourite time with the show. Um, now we we just do the fast break questions so this is just to learn more about you as a person oh boy so Mm. i throw out some prompts and then you just come back with the person that comes into your head you can be short but um long however you want to do this so this is like a psychological test this is like the rorschach test essentially i will be taking out (laughs) drawings for you (laughs) so for instance your favorite film oh gosh Uh, probably raiders of the lost ark choice i like it um, what's your your favorite skill to have? Ooh, favorite skill! Goodness gracious, um, that is really hard. Um, uh, you know, I have to say, um, I think listening, listening is a good skill. I think it's just it's one of those things. I was going to say social skills, but I think that's too broad. I think being a good listener opens so many doors for you and helps you experience life in in so much more positive way than if you kind of go through life just waiting to speak. Should I had a pause there before I responded? <laughs> um, no, that that's great. I mean, it's I was actually going to mention that is that statement of so many people listen to reply, they don't listen to understand. Absolutely. I don't think, I don't think you said that. You know, um, so. Is there your favorite quote? Is there one that stands out? Uh, yes. Uh, I think one of the quotes that I keep coming back to is 
uh, I think it was Dale Carnegie, and he said, um, to the wise man, every day is a new life. And to me, you know, again, like I said, I, I'm a big proponent of, of lifelong learning. Um, but I think also to, to all these people who are, who are not taking action, like we talked about earlier, who are just waiting on the sidelines, um, waiting for the right time, or even worse, thinking that the, the right time has passed uh, to take action and start being better man, um, it's never too late. You know, even if you've made mistakes, I think, you know, like you said, it's, it's only a failure if you don't learn from your mistakes. And so I love this aspect of, you know what, today is a new day, today is a new life. I, it's never too late to turn over a new leaf. Yeah, it's um, positive. You're, there's two two best times to make it to grow a tree. Yes, quite years ago and today. And today, exactly. Yep, yep. I love that uh, quote. So, so the next question is the one that you'll be judged on the most. Oh boy, your, your favorite superhero and why? Oh man. Um, I ask the most important question. You know? Shoot. Um, my favorite superhero. I don't know that I have a good answer for this. I think I'll just have to say um, probably, you know, actually I'll say Batman. And, and the reason why is my first thought was Superman. But one thing I like about Batman, and again, I, I don't know a lot about superheroes, but in terms of the common superheroes, one thing I like about Batman is that he's a superhero who's got some demons, that he's, he's got some baggage. He's flawed. he's flawed. Whereas Superman, I mean, maybe you could say he's flawed, but he's kind of just a little bit too white bread and boring. I think uh, Batman has a little bit of baggage, but he still tries to do good. Because it's those who overcome their demons rather than those who don't have them. It, probably the more, you know, it's like you said about the 3D characters. You know, you want your characters to have issues that they deal with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, is that the hero's uh, the hero's journey by Campbell, uh, Joseph Campbell? That yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole other whole other thing. Um, <laughs> That's a whole that's a awesome topic. I'm just starting to learn about. It. I don't know a lot about it, but um it's that's amazing. I just actually bought a a book on someone else's recommendation um called The Writer's Journey, which does a great job of kind of talking about how the hero's journey is how how it's present in so many things like Star Wars and all these great works of literature and stuff. Um anyway, I digress. So, if you have you ever seen the film The Matrix? Oh, yes. If you could act like Neo and have you plugged in, if I know when they download the skills in seconds. Oh, wow. They, you know, they can do the can food and write, um, write helicopters, etc. What would you want? Is there any particular skills that your your life ambition is to achieve? Or, you know, is there fun skills that you'd like to learn? I do think martial arts would be pretty cool, because I know nothing about martial arts. Um I think, um, and being able to bend over backwards while a bullet whizzes past me, I think that would be a useful skill if I was ever getting shot at. Um, but no, I think... I like, how you, I like how you went to defense on dodging bullets. <laughs> Is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets pretty rough up here in Northern California in my suburban neighborhood, so... <laughs> I mean, so that's something... I remember Jocko Wilnett, who I've got coming on, um, I think it's October, he runs an amazing... Oh, yes, yeah. He had a chance to speak to him. One of the things he got asked was, can, you know, he, some guy had always wanted to learn self-defense, martial arts, and said, he's 42 years old, and too old to learn. And he said, nope, start with jiu-jitsu. Ah. Get from there. 
So I think it's something I'm going to try myself. So it might be something to look into. Yeah. Well, jujitsu is jujitsu. Jitsu is the one that where you're doing a lot of stuff on the ground, right? It's taking your opponent down and yeah, it's more of the sort of grappling. Yeah. I mean, most bar fights. You, I remember doing a couple of judo lessons. You see a punch in a pub, you know, like a drunken pub, coming a mile away. Yeah, you know, you need to learn a few sort of self defense things. Right. But it's more about the confidence, not making yourself victim. Remove, you know, to actually get to the point where you back away from a fight. Right. You don't need the ego of the challenge. You know, so there, there's a lot to it. So it's definitely something I'm interested in looking more into. I, I think you're, you're. I think you're right. I mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I don't want to be beaten up. Like, oh no. <laughs> I like that either, but. Well, that's the thing that you know, because you know, even I, I, I consider myself very calm and collected generally. But even I will eventually, not eventually, but occasionally, you get that urge to to sort of puff up your chest and. And be, you know, respond to aggression. But like you said, I mean, ultimately, you step back from this and you realize, I don't want to be in a fight. I, you know, even if you're successful, quote unquote successful, that you punch some guy out. I mean, first of all, that's just terrible. But then second of all, my fist is going to hurt. And, you know, even when you win in a fight, you get pretty banged up. And uh, so I think you're right that the biggest skill there is, is actually how do you defuse a fight, especially if it's some drunk jackass who... Um, you know, almost doesn't want you to defuse the fight because he he's so bent on fighting you. And it goes back to the haters. You know, it's that moment of how many people they don't know, they don't like you wanting to change because it makes them think about them not having the life they want. So the easiest thing to do is knock you back down. That's right. It's harder sometimes to walk away from that situation. I've had a few altercations with people who, you know, they go, oh, what the fuck, you know, you know, you you tell people but none of us are living the life that I do the life we're creating the will towards it right and well it's funny that you said it because it reminded me that you know in a, in a bar fight situation that that aggressor is wanting to control the control you and control the situation and and so by you sort of taking that away from them in some ways it threatens them that well no you you should want to fight me I'm trying to fight you <laughs> stop trying to stop this fight Stop being nice to me. So, one of the things I did want to ask you was, on your about page, you say that you like the occasional pirate joke. What's your favorite pirate joke? My favorite pirate joke is a guy uh, uh, guy walks... Oh, let's see if I remember. Um, I used to like this one because it was easiest to remember, but I'll see if I can actually remember it. So, um, um, a pirate walks into a bar... And he's got a steering wheel sticking out of his crotch. And the bartender says, uh, hey, hey, buddy, um, you know, you got a like a like a steering wheel sticking out there. And then the pirate says, are it's driving me nuts. <laughs> but um, I seen it. Kind of, oh. <laughs> you know, by well, I'll be anybody listening will be using five minutes after. Let's give him that. It's a good joke. I'm not. I'm not too proud, but and I didn't write the joke, but uh, I've just always liked it. It's one of. It's going to be one of my favorite jokes. It's probably one of the only ones I'll remember. Exactly. <laughs> so, what do you want anybody listening to this, apart from your joke, to take away from this? <laughs> Is there? That'll be my legacy. <laughs> Passed down from generation to generation, uh, telling pirate jokes. Now, there's a skill that's unique. 
Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. The storytelling, actually. I mean, that is, that's a whole other podcast, but yeah. Because that's what we used to do, wasn't it? Back in the caveman days, the painting and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, is there something that you would, how would you sum up this discussion? You know, what would you want to Yeah. as a sort of, apart from going and checking out your site? Besides going to the, my website, I would say um, that, you know, no matter where you are in terms of your sort of life's journey or your confidence level, or um, your career, your life, I think, you know, the most important thing and the thing that will definitely benefit you is to not be afraid to take action um, and go after the things that, um, go after living a life that you want to live. Um, I think that would be it. And so how could somebody get in touch with you, you know, keep in touch with sure. Sure. I mean, I think the easiest thing would be to go to the website. So thedistilledman.com. Don't forget the, the. Um, you can get the ebook there. You can also um, check me out on Facebook. Um, so it should just be distilled man um, or at distilled man uh, for Twitter. It would also be at distilled man and Instagram. Um, although I only have a few pictures up at this point, I'm starting to, to do a little more activity. Um, uh, and that would also be at distilled man. Um, but definitely um, to reach out and say hello on social media, I'd love to hear from you guys. And you do say that you've got an amazing beard. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, I, I, I talked to Ryan Mickler about that. Because he, he does have an amazing beard. Um, and I told him, you know, I wrote that a couple years ago. Just honestly, when I wrote it, I thought, well, this this sounds sort of like funny. This is, you know, I'm being I'm actually being self-effacing because my beard is not that that amazing. Um um, or I guess it's not self-effacing. I'm sort of like tooting my own horn ridiculously because it's it's just a regular beard. Um, I will say that I'm a big proponent of beards. So even if, you know, it's funny, it's almost much like the writing thing. They're like, well, I want to write, but I can't, I, I haven't done it yet. I want to grow a beard and they just haven't started. I'm like, just start growing a beard. Um, how old are you now? I'm 40. I just turned 40. You certainly don't look it enough. At you. <laughs> well, I think I was like 36. Seven or thirty-eight in that picture. So, well, I'm thirty-four now, and I still grow a beard. It doesn't matter anywhere else. Absolutely fine. On my on my head, and after one two minutes, I cannot grow facial hair. Well, shaving every day is 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 rough. I mean, that's part of the reason I have a beard is so I don't have to shave my face every day. <laughs> well, I mean, I would be like a Gillette Mark to be out there. Right, I go through. It's just I can't. It just goes immediate bump <laughs> suppose it's a demon I have to live with. Ah, yes, I guess so. <laughs> well, I can honestly not thank you enough for taking this time to do this. This has been an absolute joy, and I definitely want to have you on again. Oh, at that point. definitely. Um, I appreciate it, Ian. So the floor is open to you. Um, if you want to sell a product, if you want to mention something, you know, something that you'd like to cover that's not been mentioned, anything you want to do, um, I'll put all the links to it right in to the article, but is there anything you'd like to mention? Uh, no, I don't think there's anything specific. I think just in terms of a next step, I mean, I definitely recommend uh, downloading my free ebook. I think that's a, a great start. Um, and again, uh, yeah, I think you'll you'll add the link for that. Um, but that's pretty much it. It's been uh, great chatting with you, Ian. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. I cannot thank you enough. Um, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I uh, hope to have you back on soon. Thank you, sir. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time.
keep trying to hit that next level in your life.